0: Wednesday, uh, but I was teaching the week before that, and I was going to continue on that, but I think I'm going to um, postpone that, and we're going to have a history class here tonight. Yes. So, how many like history? Yes. How many don't like history? How many have a history? And you don't like your history? <laughs> So um, I, uh, I, I do love history. Uh, I think we can learn things from history. I think sometimes uh, history repeats itself. Uh, and when I think about history repeating itself, in some ways it could be because nobody learned from the first time around. And uh, it could be good or it could be bad. Maybe we did learn some things, but maybe we didn't learn some things. Uh, but we're going to, um, uh, we got some scriptures in Proverbs 29.2. Uh, I'm going to read that verse here in just a moment. It's not necessarily going to be my full scripture text, but uh, there are a lot of things that we want to look into as far as history and how that we, uh, uh, history of, the, of um, back many years ago, how it's kind of repeating itself right now. And we're seeing how these things are coming to pass. Um, uh, it, and, and I'm not going to go in full detail of all of the things about the history of the past, but some things we're going to touch on. Uh, but one of the things I want to look at is, is God created the earth and its inhabitants. Uh, we find in the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, we know that there uh, is a specific design and purpose that God has created us uh, to follow, and he created us in his image, uh, but yet we, we realize that when man puts his fingerprints on things and gets involved in things and changes it the way man wants it, it gets corrupt, it gets evil, it gets uh, to the point where it, is, it, it gets so far away, and it might take a long time for that to happen, Uh, It might take take a process of time for it to get so far away, and it could take just little steps to get away from the design and plan of what God really wants it to be. Um, But when man puts his fingerprints on things, the world becomes a struggle. It becomes a part of sin. Uh, It becomes evil. It becomes uh, uh, full of fleshly rule. Uh, flesh wins out, Uh, it becomes uh, fighting and war, battles. So we do understand that uh, man's ways are different than God's ways. God has a perfect plan for this world. And the plan and design is for there to be no separation or division for all of us as his creation, as people, breathing, living, living, Uh, Thriving people. God's desire is not for for anybody in this whole world for us to be divided and separated. He wants us to be together, following His plan. Uh, God is the the Bible says the God is not a respecter of persons. We are all His children. Every one of us. Uh, We we live in America, but there's countries and other parts of the world that uh, uh, you know they're, they're. uh, different nationalities, uh, but yet they are still God's creation. God created them. He created them with a purpose, and for that purpose to be a worshiper of the Lord. And he also gave us a perfect plan for salvation, uh, perfect plan. But when man gets a hold of it, he begins to revise it, change it, turn it around, and um, it, it, it eventually gets to a point where it's totally opposite of what God really wanted so what we what we see in our world today is we see that struggle we see that man has put his hands upon um, the, uh, upon people and eventually it gets to a point where man uh, gets things so depraved in his ways that they, they get this desire uh, to control other people and they get the desires of greed they want to control people's lives. They want, um, they want uh, the flesh to have its way, to please the flesh. Uh, they want power and control. Uh, they, want, uh, they want money. They, they, they love power, they love money. Uh, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, not money itself. I mean, my wife had a conversation about this here not too long ago, but. It's the love of money. now money is good. <laughs> money can help us pay our bills it can help us pay our utility bills so we can have heat in the winter and cool in the summer. Uh, it can help us uh, purchase a car it can help us buy food it can help us sustain our lives, our family uh, it can help us to go on uh, you know excursions and trips and vacations and even go to the ice cream place and have chocolate ice cream. Um, so uh, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money and greed that gets to a point where you're trying to take somebody else. There's, there's so many things in our world today. Um, I, I uh, was talking the other day to someone about um, um, uh, different things schemes. Let me ask this question. How many of you on your cell phones have been receiving text that says that you have, something's gone wrong with your Netflix account? Anybody? Raise your hand if you, I don't even have a Netflix account and I'm getting it. I don't know what the deal is here. Uh, But I don't click on it. Um, I delete it. And then there's been times that I, there's another section there that says delete and report. I've even clicked on that, and they still send me these messages. So I, I don't know how they're getting all this information. There's been times that, that people have sent uh, you know, messages and, and, and different things and thinking that you'll click on certain things, and when they do that, I'm hearing that they're, that they're going to tap into information that they don't need. So I just delete it. I just deleted. And I've tried the delete and report portion too. Uh, I haven't found the little section that says total destruction. <laughs> I haven't found that one yet. Hopefully they'll send that out soon where we can have total destruction of this thing and stop it. But I, I've even heard on the radio someone said something about that, they, that all these people are receiving these messages. We're not the only ones. Uh, but uh, some of this stuff happens in other countries. Uh, I've even contacted the uh, people in our state of Illinois and they said there's nothing we can do about it because there's people in other countries that do these things and you can't, there's, there's nothing they can do. So um, there, there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of people believing lies. And uh, a lot of it's greed. The, love for power, the love for money. And uh, so we find that when man, in his depraved ways, he's going to desire to control people. Um, Evil prevails in those times when man's depravity takes rule. Corruption comes. People suffer because of it. People suffer because of it. Now, in the book of Proverbs 29 and 2, It says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. The people mourn. Our world mourns. Our world suffers. Our world struggles when evil is trying to control the design of this world, and it's leading away from the design of the way God has created us. So when we look at history, history a lot of times um, is repeated. Um, I know the world in our, in our country is actually following man's ways of divide and conquer. I've, I've always heard that, that if you divide, you can conquer. Uh, armies that are unified, it's very difficult to be able to conquer them. But if you divide them, you can conquer them. It's the same thing with our world today. There's a lot of division, and the design is to divide and conquer and control. Um, there's so much division in our world, and it's a sad case. What what we really need to do as, as Americans is to come together and unify. We might have differences of opinion, but in the long run, if we unify ourselves together, uh, we will be strengthened. It's the same thing with the church. When we unify ourselves together, the the devil wants to divide and conquer. He wants to divide. That's his whole purpose. Uh, It's very important for us as a church body to lift each other up, encourage each other, Uh, strengthen one another, speak words of positive things out of our mouths, and lift each other up. We need each other. We we need each other. We can't go through life on our own as an island by ourselves. We need each other. And, uh, you know, there might be differences of opinion of how to do various things or whatever, but that's just human. That's That's just a part of life. But we can agree... On many things and we can't agree on the word of God because the word of God is the sole authority. Amen. So everything works together in God's plan when it's done according to the way the Bible design is it's going to work perfect and it's going to work right. It's man that messes it up. God has a perfect plan. It's balanced out. It is it, it is set up to balance itself out and to bring forth peace and bring forth healing and deliverance it's it's when we allow our own views our own desires and override god's way and have our own will that's when things go haywire that's when things get corrupt that's the reason why uh our world has been in so many wars through the years if they had just done it the way the lord wanted it done in his design there would be no war Bible says, uh, love one another. The Bible says, uh, prefer your brother. A lot of the battles and a lot of the, the conflict in our history of our world is actually from pride. Pride. Pride will destroy people. Pride will destroy a church. Pride will destroy people of God. But when we... When we Tonight, as we go through this history class, I'm the history teacher, and you're the history students. I hope you like history, but we're going to talk about history. But some of us have thought that today's world is the worst that it's ever been in history. Trust me, it's not. <laughs> when you read history, um, we... It's, it's hard for us to fathom in our mind what people went through in the past. It is so hard for us to fathom in our mind what people had to deal with. We in America can go to bed tonight and feel at peace. We can go to bed tonight and we know that we're going to get up the next morning. Um, you know, there might be, it's just life. Sometimes some things could be unstable in some ways. But we know that we're going to have some peace. We know we know that America is strong. It's going to be uh, there to protect us. Um, you know, there there's questions in our world right now and in our country. But yet, we we live in peace. All of my life, I'm 60 years old, and I've I've been able to live in a country of peace. Uh, but we thought sometimes we have the thought that this time right now that we live in, although there's some terrible things happening, that this is the worst in history. But history is repeating itself. It's repeating itself. In history of the civilizations and biblical history, um, there were people in countries uh, that, that, were, that would go to bed at night and never realize or never know if they would ever get up the next morning. They wouldn't even know if their country would still exist. They wouldn't know if their home would still exist. Um, uh, There were groups of people that were wandering through the world taking over cities and countries and turning them into what they wanted them to be. There were uh, uh, moguls attacked many countries in this world and took over these countries. Uh, There were some miraculous things that stopped them, but they were taking country after country after country. Uh, There was the Islamic uh, groups that were taking countries, and some miraculous events stopped them uh, from taking over Europe. They took all these different countries, northern part, a lot of your countries today that are Islamic uh, are there because of the, of Islam taking them over several years ago. And they put their influence on them. And they, they forced them to uh, believe what they believed. Or they would kill them. They would kill their families. They would kill their children. They would kill the whole, whole city if they wanted to. Or the whole country. But there were some miraculous things that stopped that. But they were going to take over everything. Um, but in history, you can look at that... Um, we need to be thankful that we do live in the day that we live in today. We, we do need to be thankful because when you read, read history, I mean, there's a lot of people that had no clue if they're going to be able to if they're going to live the next day, and it was a tragic thing. No peace, constant war, constant struggle. I mean, it goes on and on and on about some of the past history and what it created, the corruption of our world and what it created. But there was a time that Christianity was very influential in the development of freedom. It had had a, uh, a stability to it because they were trying to walk according to the word of the Lord. But when corruption came in, it began to take them away from the design even the church, away from the design of what God created it. In the book of Acts, was the uh, apostolic doctrine was taught. The book of Acts, chapter 2, Acts 2.38. Uh, they were teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus Christ, baptism, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, filling of the Holy Ghost. Um, uh, they believed in one, the oneness of God. There's a lot of scriptures in the book of Acts that talks about that in other parts of the Bible. Um but it, they were following the apostles' doc, the, the, the doctrine, which we call it the Apostles' Doctrine. It was actually the doctrine of the Lord. He designed it. He set it up. And then, of course, there was a slow decline. Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D. Um, uh, the Romans uh, destroyed, destroyed that area, took it over. And there was a lot of downfall. There was a lot of struggle. And there was a real slow decline of biblical doctrine. A slow decline. That, one of the things when you read history, it, it doesn't take something just all of a sudden, boom, and all of a sudden doctrine has changed. Truth is thrown out the window. No, this is what happens. Truth is destroyed by us allowing little things to creep in. Just little things. I do know that the Bible says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. You've heard that before. It's the Small foxes that spoil the vine. Um, it doesn't take something all at once falling on you to destroy you. All it takes is just a little here, a little there. Just a little thing compromised here and then it goes to something else and then it goes to something else and then it compromised something else. And then eventually you find yourself so far away from the design of what the Lord wants it to be and it's not even resembling the pattern of what truth is. So that's another reason why the Bible says uh, buy the truth and sell it not. In other words, you've got to... To buy something, you've got to have an investment in it. You've got to invest in it. But it says, buy the truth. So invest in the truth of the word of God because it is God's design, God's plan. It is is perfect. It is right. It is balanced. It will bring peace. It will bring happiness. It will bring joy. It will bring deliverance. It will save you a lot of heartache by following the plan of God. But it says, invest in it, buy the truth and then it says and sell it not. Sometimes people might say okay let's look at it this way you invest in truth, you buy into it. You got to buy into it the truth of the word of God the word of the Lord. But then there are times, let me put it this way sometimes people feel like that if they sell the truth they're going to gain a whole lot more in an investment. You know when you go to Anybody has any stocks and anything, they, they, well, they say, buy low, sell high, because you want profit. Some people feel like that they buy into the truth, and then they, they get to a point where if I sell it, I can gain this, 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 and this. I can please the flesh. I can, I can sin and, and, and have my fun and, and do all of these things. I can sell it out, and I can make a profit on it, and I can have a great time. But then the sin, when it's finished, Destruction, misery, hurt, pain, disease. Sin can bring disease, by the way. It can destroy you. So buy the truth and sell it not. The greatest profit you're going to have is going to be in in holding on to the truth and living by the truth. But here's the thing. We, We today have a hope. We have a hope, and it is a life beyond this life. We're going through this life. We're in this world, but we're not of it. We're in it, but we're not. We haven't bought into the ways of the world. We bought into truth. We bought into the word of the Lord. We're trying to live according to God's plan. We're here. We're in it. We're enjoying life. We can enjoy life as a Christian. Well, uh, there's a lot of other people that are Collapsing and struggling, and all of this, but we're here to preserve and to lift people up and show them the truth. But in history, Christianity was a very influential development of freedom because the Word of God is about freedom. God's plan and design is for people to be free, for people to live a happy life of freedom. And liberty but in the book of Acts the apostles doctrine it was taught it was a powerful word people received it people were healed people were delivered and then little things began to creep in and slowly there was a decline of biblical truth to the point where it got to where it was not even recognizable anymore with the church what they claimed to be the church and eventually, and I don't, I don't like to mention other religious names, but I am going to mention this tonight because it has an effect here. Um, I do know that eventually the universal church, what they call the universal church, which was the Catholic church, um, they, they began to take things and change it and change the doctrines. Uh, It was a slow process, and then there was a very dramatic um, council, which was in 325 A.D., the Council of Nicaea. And uh, they had a discussion, and this might not be all of the discussion, but it was a big part of the discussion of changing the, or, or, I mean, not changing, but trying to figure out what the true formula of baptism was. So they had this council and they discussed it, but when man got a hold of the doctrine and formed it in his own opinion, it changed it from what Acts two thirty eight said, and the whole book of Acts, what it was about. You can look in the Bible, in the book of Acts, and every time they baptized someone uh, after uh, Jesus died on the cross, they baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ, name of the Lord. It's all through the Bible. You can look at it in our candy stick, Acts 10, Acts 8, Acts 19, Acts 2. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, uh, examples in the Bible that talks about uh, being baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, a lot of people go back and say, okay, uh, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said this. Now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, that's the titles. That's not the name. But what Jesus was actually saying is he said, baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can look at the scripture. It does say that Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. That's the case. His name is Jesus, and father's name of jesus not that they were different gods they were one uh, he also said i send I, I send a comforter in my name what name jesus so when you say uh, the name of jesus you're covering the father son and the holy ghost because he was one god he took on different positions but there was a change and in 325 a.d with with the catholic church the council of nicaea uh, they they looked at the formula of baptism and they debated it and their their decision was to change it to the titles. And some people still say today that I would rather go by what Jesus said than what the disciples said. So what they're saying is the Bible is controversial. There's conflict. There's controversy between what Jesus said and what the apostles did well the apostles were with jesus every day for three years and he was teaching them every day so i don't think they got it wrong matter of fact there's scripture that says uh, in the bible jesus said this if you want to go by what jesus said he said that um, beginning at jerusalem preach and teach in my name preach and teach in my name so they changed the form of baptism to the titles and that's the reason why. And of course, that also brought in uh, uh, the teaching of the Trinitarian doctrine, which believes in three gods. And then it has come to to a point where they believe that there's three gods, but they form one god, and they're all co-equal, meaning that the Father is co-equal with the Son, the Son's co-equal with the Holy Ghost. And but you don't hear much about the Holy Ghost. But they have more emphasis on the Father and the and the Son. But They're all co-equal here. But really what it comes down to is there's one God. He just took on different positions, just like I have different positions. I'm a pastor. uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, I can go down the list, all kinds of different titles and things that are positions and things that I have. But I'm only one person, and my name is Mark. but I do have different positions that took on. The Lord took on different positions, but he he still has one name, Jesus. So things began to slowly creep away from truth. And the world and religions went into what they call a dark age. It was a dark age of corruption. It's interesting when you look at history... Uh, and begin to understand this, some of the darkest times of Europe was right before America was discovered. Some of the darkest times. Um, and, And it took several years of development, of course, to be able to get to that point. But now I am a firm believer that as the doctrines got so far away from what the original pattern of the Book of Acts was, I am a very firm believer that all the way through, from the book of Acts all the way through to today, and even during those dark ages and the times where doctrines were changed, I still believe there was a church of truth. I still believe that. I believe that it continued on. Uh, But I know that there were other groups that had more... Media advertisement. They had more force. They had more power. They had more this. They had more that. Uh, but uh, but we, I do believe that there was a truth, a church of truth, all the way through the ages. But the but the uh, what they called Christianity, which was at that time, was the Catholic Church. Uh, the Catholic Church today claims to be the the uh, the church and that all the other churches which broke away are um, a part of that church that they're the mother church and we are the children of that church but that's not true it's not true that's what they claim because when you go back before the Catholic Church it was the apostolic doctrine and that doctrine is not even comparable to what the Apostles' Doctrine and the Catholic Church was. So, in Europe, there was a time of an unchristian era. Christianity was, was claimed to be the Catholic Church as the representative, but it came very corrupt and far from God's plan of truth. Little at a time, little at a time. But there came a point where God began to take Christianity and slowly bring it back, and slowly bring it back to where it needed to be. I still believe that we're still a work in progress. I, I, I really believe that. We, we still have a lot more things that we need to understand about what God's design is. But Christianity was, at one point, a stabilizer of, st- of civilizations. It was a stabilizer of countries. It was a leader of morality until corruption permeated it. You see, the church was, uh, the church or Christianity at that time, of the Catholic Church, They they were told that the Pope's power came from God. And because of this power, they took it and they began to use that even to a point where they control countries and they possibly still control countries even to this day. But the church was told that the Pope's power came from God and that they were taught if the Pope was a great sinner, that he was still to be obeyed. It also came to a point where if you paid a lot of money you could put be put into any position in a church that you wanted. If you paid enough money, corruption began to seat in to Christianity, what they called Christianity at that time. And, and, and it got to a point where there was so much greed for money, finances, that you could, uh, you, you could do,, you, know, you could do whatever you wanted. You could be the greatest sinner and you could commit the greatest sin. but it got to a point where if you just had enough money to pay some indulgences, you could pay your way out of purgatory or less days in purgatory. That's how corrupt it was getting. During the dark ages, it was, it was uh, Christianity, as they called it at that time, uh, was so corrupt that they were controlling countries and controlling kings. But if you paid a lot of money you could could be put in any position in in the church that you desired. By the 16th century the Catholic Church controlled a third to a half of the wealth of Germany. In the 16th century they controlled a third to a half of the wealth of Germany. And they also think about this. They also controlled controlled three quarters of France's wealth in the 16th century. Three quarters they controlled of that country, of their wealth. No sin, regardless of, of how uh, terrible it was, was beyond forgiveness if you had enough money. That's the corruption. Parts of it. Uh, selling of indulgences was, was great revenue for the church. Uh, and and it filled the church treasuries. A lot of this is, be, is the reason why a lot of people distrust Christianity or religion because of things like this. And the 14th and 15th century was a time of violence, lawlessness, and poverty. Many countries rising against other countries, war. There was battle, there was struggle, there were war. Countries fighting against other countries. Uh, Countries being taken over by other groups of people. I mean, it was a terrible time. It was a very dark age. A lot of it had to do with the preservative or the Christianity or the church was corrupt. And when the church gets corrupt, everything falls apart. That's the reason why we need, in our world today, a strong church. To follow God's plan. To do it the way God wants us to do it. To where that we are all one. All God's creation, we are one. No matter what nationality we are, whatever country, we are one. But we need to follow God's plan. Amen. The world needs a strong church not one that has sold out the truth. Matter of fact, during this dark age, the strong took from the weak. They took advantage of people. I could go into detail of so many things about this. In in Paris, in 1422, the year 1422, there were 24,000 empty homes. There were 80,000 beggars Within an overall population of 300,000 people. Does it sound like history is trying to repeat it so? Famine and starvation in a world. Death. Matter of fact, there were, we, you know, we, we, COVID was a terrible time. It was a terrible, terrible thing that came upon our world. A lot of people think it was a man-made thing. Very well could have been. Who knows, nobody would tell the truth. But back then, during the dark times, listen to what diseases there were. Black death, bubonic plague, leprosy, scurvy, smallpox, tuberculosis, influenza for a few, and there's a whole lot more that people were dealing with at that time in the dark ages. We thought this, time, this, this hour was the worst time in history. We can't imagine what people were going through at that time. In England, during this time of the plagues, one out of three died of the plague. One out of three died of the plague. There was moral decay. Matter of fact, some of the, the popes uh, were so corrupt List, you, know, you could list names of them and the things that they did. It was so terrible, I don't even want to talk about it tonight. I won't even mention it tonight, but it was terrible. But right before America was discovered, I realized that you know, there were already people here, but as far as Europe discovering America, it was during some of the most darkest times of the history of mankind terrible time but the thing about it we have slowly in this in in the truth of the word of god trying to get mankind back to the truth it's been a slow process it was a slow process getting away from truth little here a little there and people continued to give into it until finally they were so far away from truth that they didn't couldn't even recognize truth but God started a process of people that, that might not even, you might not even think of being able to, to bring it back around. But there was a process, a slow process of various things that happened to bring a little here, a little there back to the truth. Matter of fact, the discovering America during this time in, in, um, in the dark ages of Europe. And in our world, there was so much death. There was so much disease. There was so much struggle. There was so much war. And and when you consider in England, one out of three died of the plague. But there's something about history when everything changed was when America was discovered. Now, America has not been a perfect nation But there's been a slow process of trying to get back to the truth. There was the Reformation. There was the uh, uh, Martin Luther putting the sign on the door of the Catholic Church uh, of salvation with grace, mercy, and by faith. Uh, the, the, The founding or the, 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 the discovery of America discovered a lot of more resources of gold and silver, which uh, when they discovered it, it helped the economies of the world. It brought a lot of the, the countries and, and the people of the world out of their struggle of famine. There was, there was uh, additions of new foods, new psychological impact, the morale of people was boosted, the burst of energy and optimism, because there's a new world. It changed a lot of things, but it's been a slow process of trying to get back to the truth. And there was little things here and there that were bringing it back around until finally we got to the point of the year 1900. There was a group of college students at a college called Stone's Folly in Topeka, Kansas. And in that Bible school, they were studying the word of God and God was revealing things to them about the Holy Ghost and about speaking in tongues. They looked into the Bible and they realized that when they, when they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke with other tongues. Well, they were teaching at one point that if you receive the Holy Ghost, you just believe and you get it. You repent, you get it. But in 1900, they decided at the turn of the century, you remember how it was when we turned over to year two thousand, and we thought the computers were going to crash and the airplanes were going to fall out of the sky because the computers didn't have what the year two thousand on the calendar. Not everybody thought that. You didn't think that. I didn't think it, although I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was just sitting back watching, see what's going to happen here. Um, but I can only imagine what they were thinking. They were actually thinking that God was going to come in the year 1900. So they had a prayer meeting at a New Year's celebration service, and they had a big prayer meeting, and they were praying that God would fill them the Holy with, with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And there was a woman um, I can't remember her name. Maybe you can remember it. Anybody remember from Bible College? Was it no? Agnes. Agnes is one of. I don't know if that was her first name. I think it was her first name. I can't remember what her last name was. But anyway, uh, she was praying and got really intense, and the Holy Ghost started moving, and she started speaking in tongues. She was one of the first ones that received the Holy Ghost in that Bible college. They had been studying about it. And it's in the Word of God and they believed it and she received the Holy Ghost and started speaking in other tongues. Agnes Osmond, I think, was her name. Agnes Osmond. So when it happened, there was an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Things started changing and then it went from Topeka, Kansas, a revival in that area which affected I've mentioned this before, it even affected my family because my great-grandmother lived right there on the Kansas-Missouri line. My my great-grandmother, my great-grandfather uh, lived in Kansas at one point uh, in, in, that, in that area. And it affected them. And it began to move, this revival moved all the way down. As a matter of fact, southern Missouri, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, Holy Ghost uh, apostolic movement there in that area. And it went on down to Texas and Houston, Texas. People received the Holy Ghost there. And then it began to move out to Azusa. Uh, Charles Parham was a part of this, and uh, uh, there was other, other men that were a part of this. But it was a move of God at Azusa Street. If you've ever read the history of Azusa, it's amazing, some of the things that happened there. We were talking about this the other day, about a woman that was supposed to be at the church to play the piano for the service, and uh, she was not there yet. I guess she was getting ready for, to go. Got into a prayer time, praying, and all of a sudden she was translated from her home to the church. She was sitting on the piano, playing the piano. There were some powerful things happened. And um, out of that, it began to affect countries all around. They sent missionaries out from Azusa and the Holy Ghost began to move, and it began to affect our country. Uh, matter of fact, in uh, this area and in Illinois and Missouri, it began to affect that area. It began to spread, went into uh, uh, Indiana, Ohio, and began to spread all over the country, and went into other countries. But what God was trying to do, what man had his hands on, trying to mess up His plan, got him so far away from truth that the Lord started the process a little here, a little there, different ones getting involved and bringing right back to the truth. Now, there has always been a church of truth, I believe, with all my heart. But he was bringing it back to a point where it was beginning to spread. People were understanding more about it. And we have a move of the Holy Ghost today. We don't want to lose this. We don't want to let it slip through our hands. We want to buy the truth and sell it not. And in our world where man has has his hand on things, and it seems like it's a dark age right now, uh, it's been worse in the history of mankind. Peter, Paul, John, James, the apostles, the different ones uh, that the disciples walked with Jesus—they went through times where they were thrown in prison, they were beaten, they were stoned to, to almost. They left Paul, left him for dead. But the Lord raised him up because he had a purpose. He wanted him to go to Rome, testify. You see, we can't let this truth slip through our hands. We've got to go back to the word of the Lord. We've got to understand what the Bible says about it. We must have a move of God. We must have the power of repentance where people are repentant and their heart is totally turned around in God and turning to the Lord. We need a time of not letting the baptism water still itself. We need to let it be stirred and churned with people being baptized in the name of Jesus. We need that power of the Holy Ghost. If you ever and I would one of these days, I'm going to get that uh, video clip of the, the University of uh, what, what was it called that just had it outpouring. What's that? Asbury. Asbury. There's some videos out there of a young man. Uh, one of our ministers went to that university and prayed with this young man out in the in the yard and he began to speak in tongues and it was a powerful move of God. That's the way people need to receive the Holy Ghost. And you know what that young man did after he, after he, he was moved by the power of the Holy Ghost, shaking in the spirit, speaking in tongues where it was no doubt. It's one of those no doubters. You ever heard that term? It was a no doubter. He received the Holy Ghost. There was no doubt about it. He received that touch and he got up and started telling other people about it. That's what the power of the Holy Ghost is about. It's ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You got to tell somebody. We just got to tell somebody about it. If you ever get a chance to read the history of Azusa, you you need to do that. They had their struggles. They were in a a livery stable. That was their church building. Didn't smell too good. They had a move of God. But the power of God is trying to bring this thing back around. And the purpose of the church today, our purpose in this world is to show people The power of truth. The power of truth. And we have hope. We as a church body have hope here today. As children of God, we have hope of a life beyond this life. Now I'm going to enjoy my life here. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to continue to joke around, whether anybody likes my jokes or not. It's just how I overcome. Sometimes you just got to laugh and enjoy things. And you know, life is fun. It's a joy to live for God. I don't want to get so bogged down in life that, that, that all this pressure and all this struggle makes it not even fun to live. No, I'm going to live my life because I'm going to live it for the Lord. And He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring strength. He's going to bring joy. Amen. And the hope that we have is a heavenly place on this earth, but we also have a hope beyond this world where we're not going to have any, any war anymore, no death, no tears, no crying, no struggle, uh, no, no heartache, no pain. Uh, we're going to have a peace. We're going to have a joy. We're going to have a place with the Lord. It's going to be an eternal place and it's going to be a joyous place. We're going to enjoy that place called heaven. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither is in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us, for those that love Him. God's got a lot of things in store for us. I would really stop, and, if you really stop thinking about it, this is just the way I think about it, I think God is just so excited to get us there into heaven at some point and be able to show us here it is. Here's everything I got for you. You're going to enjoy this, you're going to love it. I think the Lord is just so excited about that day when we're there together with Him and together with each other. What a hope that we have. Now we could look at this world and think how depraved it is and how corrupt things are and all this and that. No, don't get bogged down with that. Get bogged down with God. That probably isn't the right word, bogged down with God. (laughs) What's that? Okay. (laughs) Don't get bogged down with God. Although if that's the case, that's the best way to be bogged down. But we have a hope. And God is the supreme power and authority. Look how he uses his authority as king of kings. He loves us. He cares about us. We are his interest. (laughs) There is hope for restoration. There is a heavenly place that's on its way at some point when God has his his timing in this Isaiah said it for since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear neither hath the eye seen O God beside thee what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him and that says for, for since the beginning of the world men have not heard or, or heard or seen from the beginning of time And then of 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 kind of reiterates it in just a little bit different words. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God is so excited about that day when we walk through the pearly gates into heaven And God is ready to open his arms and say, hey, come on in. I've got some great things in store for you and for me. It's going to be worth it all. Buy the truth, sell it not. Amen. We are a vital part of this world today and we have the truth of the word of God and we have the power of God's spirit in our lives. Let us share it with the world. You know, we're striving to get where God wants us to be. We've still got a long ways to go. We're still working on it. We want, to, we want to perfect our walk with him. We want to perfect our love for him. We want to perfect our prayer life. We want to uh, perfect our, our worship. We want to perfect our, our example to the world. We're trying. We're, we're striving for that. But there is hope and excitement when, when we stick close to God's side and walk in his plan. I'm excited about it, but I can only imagine how God is excited about it. It's a beautiful thing. And God has his hand upon us. There's a scripture I've been reading here lately, it, 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 and we, we, me and my wife have been talking about this, and it says, uh, you've heard it, it's, it says you receive not because you ask not. And of course, the scripture goes on and says, and you receive not because you ask amiss. But how many times, how many times do we um, not see things happen because we just simply don't ask? I was, uh, I got a text from my my pastor today and he uh, he was telling me, he said, I got to share this with you. He said, we, we, had some pretty tight financial times, and uh, I can only imagine, you know, going through COVID like he did uh, and the hospital stuff and all that stuff. But he, he said that they had some bills they had to pay, and, and uh, he said his wife took these bills and held them up to the Lord and said, okay, Lord, here they are. We need you to take care of them. Just simple as that. And then... Um, I guess that day or the next day he got some phone calls and it just started opening up places for him to be able to preach and uh, which is going to take care of their finances and help them out. You see, if she hadn't asked would it have happened? I know God takes care of us, there's no doubt. But sometimes we receive not because we ask not. Start asking. Not that God is a Uh, uh, is our servant. No, that's not what we're talking about. But he is willing and wanting to help us. He just wants you to bring your petitions before him and ask him. Give God a chance to do what he wants to do. Amen? Praise God. I'm going to close on that. I'd like for us to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for what you've prepared for us. I thank you for the word of truth. We want to walk in what your word says. We want to live according to your plan because we know.